Welcome to the Movement Link podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Aitken. I'm an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist with over 15 years experience and movement is my cup of tea. Now, we know there is a strong link between how much we move and what we choose to fuel our bodies with when it comes to health and performance. So I hope this podcast will leave you with a few takeaways that allows you to move, perform and feel your best. So put your earbuds in, get moving and I hope you enjoy this episode. guys welcome back to another episode of the movement link podcast now i hope you've had a fantastic week so far i am actually recording this episode from a slightly different location today now i am house sitting for a friend and i have the most beautiful golden retriever um, curled up on the lounge next to me while i record this episode so let's see how much of this we can get through um, without any distractions now in today's episode i'm going to be answering the question can you train while injured And it is a question that comes up on a fairly regular basis. Now, when it does come up, I often see people fall into one of two groups when they sustain an injury. So they either try to train through the injury and make things either significantly worse or delay their recovery, or they back off completely and end up doing nothing at all until things start to feel better. And what we do know is that complete rest Um, when somebody has an injury, can also come with its own set of problems. So what should you do? Should you train through the injury or should you rest completely until things have healed? So my answer here is actually going to fall somewhere in between those two groups. And in most situations, when an injury is isolated to a specific body part, so for example, somebody may have rolled their ankle, they may have a bit of shoulder impingement, then I am generally going to be encouraging people to train around the injury by doing two things. So the first thing there is to continue what they can do safely um, without any aggravations or pain. And then the second thing is to modify what they need to, to allow them to continue to move. And I'm going to explain in a moment why I make these recommendations. Now, as I go through the episode, I'm also going to be looking at training with pain associated with an injury. So is it normal to train with pain? Should you uh, try and avoid pain completely? Or is a little bit of pain okay in some situations? And then I will also look at, if you do have an injury, what sort of modifications you can make to allow you to continue to train safely around that injury. So let's jump straight into this. And as I've just touched on, I'll re-highlight this. I generally feel that the majority of people are capable of training in some capacity when injured. And although it's a personal decision, so some people simply don't want to do anything at all when they're injured, and that's completely okay. That's their call. But where it is safe to do so, I strongly encourage people to keep moving and working around their injury. And notice that I say training around the injury and not training through the injury. So they're very different things. So training around the injury um, implies that we've taken our current restrictions and limitations into consideration and we're taking a safe and thoughtful approach to our training. Now training through the injury implies that we have completely disregarded maybe our pain, our restrictions, our limitations, and we are continuing to push through in an 
in an attempt to maintain our current training type and volume. Okay, so very different things. One is going to be um, far more appropriate when it comes to managing your injury and training with your injury. Okay, that's going to be training around the injury. So let's look at why I encourage movement while injured. And then I'm going to look at how training can be modified uh, to take your injury into consideration. So continuing your training despite being injured, has been shown to have uh, both physical and also psychological benefits. So firstly, it's going to allow you to maintain routine. And for a lot of people, this is really important because routine often provides a sense of purpose. So if you are used to getting up in the morning and going to the gym, or maybe you're used to getting out for a walk, making some reasonable modifications that allows you to maintain a similar routine despite being injured can have really positive psychological benefits. So if you're someone who normally goes out for a walk or a jog first thing in the morning, and maybe you can't do this because you've recently rolled your ankle, consider going for a swim instead. Um, Or perhaps your ankle can actually tolerate some really light work on a stationary bike. So both of those things are going to allow you to maintain some sort of routine in terms of your movement. Okay. Now, another example here might be if you are someone who has a slightly sore shoulder, you might have some shoulder impingement, um, a bit of bursitis, and maybe you normally enjoy a surf after work or a CrossFit class. Can you consider on those occasions until that injury starts to resolve, maybe going for a walk instead or potentially adjusting your CrossFit session to be more lower body focused? So both of those things, again, are going to allow you to maintain some sort of routine while your injury is um, healing. Now, another reason I encourage movement while injured is simply because, as we've touched on, it's really good for your mental health. So we know that movement and exercise gives you a sense of achievement and it's also going to release endorphins which will further boost somebody's mood Um, and on top of that we also know regular movement is going to help with somebody's confidence your focus during the day um, your mental clarity and then also your sleep of an evening and quality sleep is going to enhance recovery okay feeling a sense of achievement in that you're still capable of moving um, and doing something is also helpful in maintaining a positive mindset when injured so you can see here maintaining some sort of movement is going to have many many benefits okay when you are injured now when it comes to training while injured I also encourage movement because in the majority of situations someone's injury is usually only isolated to a specific area or a specific muscle group or a specific joint. So it might be that someone has hurt their knee, um, they might have a bit of bursitis around their hip, or as I've said before, maybe they've rolled their ankle. And we really need to look at your body as a whole. Okay, and from here we can assess what you can do. Now, just because you're managing a knee injury, for example, doesn't mean that you can't successfully train around this. So you still have hips, you've still got glutes, um, you've still got shoulders, a chest, back. All of those muscle groups are perfectly capable of being moved. Now, you can use injuries as an excuse to do nothing, but if you really want to do something, you will find a way of making it happen. 
Okay, and now my final reason for continuing to train in some capacity when injured is because movement forms such an important part of the rehab process. Okay, so this is the most important reason of all. So when we look at tissue properties, so tissues are simply things like your muscles, your ligaments, and your tendons, what we do know is that they respond very, very well to load. Okay, and by load, I don't necessarily mean anything overly heavy, particularly when it comes to rehab and recovery. So the only way that we can start to talk to those tissues, so your muscles, your ligaments and tendons, the only way we can communicate with them is by loading them and smartly loading them. So this may be through simply starting with some isometrics or some positional isometrics where we are really gently starting to load a muscle without actually changing the muscle length. Um, We can also do that with tendons. We can start with some really gentle eccentric loading where we are loading those tissues as they are starting to lengthen. And then we can also be incorporating mobility-based training or basic body weight exercises. So incorporating a load that the injured area is able to tolerate and then really gradually building that up um, is fantastic when it comes to injury rehab. Okay, and one of the things that happens when we stop moving, and this is another reason why I'm encouraging people to move around their injury and within their limitations and their tolerances, is when we stop moving, there's nothing that is being communicated to our joints, our muscles, um, our ligaments, and our tendons. So, in many cases, that recovery process can then stall or even plateau. And what we do tend to see then is that we can potentially run the risk of re-injury when we go from zero to 100. So when we go from doing nothing during an injury to attempting to jump straight back into wherever it was that we left off from. So continuing some light movement around the injured site that you can gradually uh, progress as your injury improves and is able to tolerate, as we said, more load or a little bit more range of movement. It's a really important part of your successful rehab or your rehab being successful. And I know that I have spoken about this before, but the purpose of any rehab program should um, not just be to bring your strength back up to where it was before the injury. Because if we only aim to get you back to where you were at the time that you got injured and your goals are to return to the things that you were doing at the time of injury, then the chances are that you may well end up injured again because clearly you weren't potentially strong enough or mobile enough the first time round. So the purpose of a rehab program should actually be to see you return slightly stronger and a little bit more mobile than you were before you sustained the injury. So ideally, that is going to be or create a bit of a buffer against future injury. Okay, so they're the reasons why I feel it's really important to maintain some form of movement or training while you are injured. Now, let's look at experiencing pain, okay, when you're training or rehabbing an injury. So this is going to be a little bit of a gray area. Should you be experiencing some pain? Should you be trying to avoid it completely? Now, Yes, generally, when we've got an injury, you may likely experience some minor pain or discomfort when you're starting to rehab that injured site. So let me run through some key considerations that you can keep in the back of your mind if you are starting to train around that injury and you're noticing, you know, just some minor pain starting to come through. So 
as a general rule of thumb, my suggestion is usually to keep that pain at around a two, you know, maybe maximum three, so two to three out of 10. And the way I like to look at this is we prefer to view this this pain as a really mild discomfort, so rather than any pain. So it's really important to be avoiding um, that sharp pain, pinching pain, and certainly any pain that causes tingling or numbness. Okay, so some very minor pain, a little bit of discomfort during your session can be okay, as long as it stays around that two out of 10 mark, and also providing that, you know, the symptoms that you were experiencing during the session don't actually lead to a flare-up or an increase or an aggravation of the symptoms in the 24 hours after that training session. So that's a really good guide um, that you can use to determine if what you were doing during your training session was appropriate for the injury um, or if perhaps you have done too much. So keeping the pain, the symptoms, the discomfort at about a 2 out of 10 and then monitoring the symptoms to make sure that you haven't experienced an increase, a flare-up or an aggravation in those 24 hours after. Okay, so um, some really important key points there that you can take away and apply to your rehab sessions. Now, what modifications can you make when training with an injury? So there are several factors that we can start to take into consideration and play with when somebody's looking to train around their injury, okay, or training obviously while they are injured. So what you modify here is going to depend on the nature of your injury, um, the severity of the injury, where the injury is at, um, which body part is impacted, as well as what type of training you generally engage in. Now, when we talk modifications, the first thing that I do think people often need to modify when they have an injury is their mindset, because there is no point in focusing on what you can't do or what you're missing out on. The only place that is going to lead you is right down misery lane, and every day you spend feeling sorry for yourself is one day less um, that you are missing out on actually making progress forward. So it's perfectly okay to get grumpy. It's absolutely okay to get a little bit down about your injury, but then there's a time when we just need to get up and, and get on with it, accept it for what it is, and then look at what we can control and work within those limitations. So once you've got your head in the right space, what um, modifications can we make that are specific to the injured site? So let me run through a few of these now. So firstly, we can modify the movement pattern. So for example, if you can't squat, can you box squat? Can you leg press um, or can you lunge? Okay, so look at what sort of modifications you can make to the actual movement pattern pattern to keep things feeling comfortable. Um, or perhaps you might be in a situation if you have a um, an upper body injury like a shoulder injury where you can't fully reach overhead to do things like a shoulder press or a pull-up. So you might notice that you get a bit of impingement, some pinching through the front of the shoulder when you do overhead work. So in that case, look at things that actually reduce that overhead angle a bit. So you might be able to tolerate a 45 degree incline press. So here, as opposed to a shoulder press, you're not pressing up directly overhead. We're actually slightly um, at a lesser angle. And this can take us out of that loaded overhead movement um, where you're noticing that, that the pain and the symptoms are a little bit worse. If you can't do a pull-up, can you look at a mid-cable row? So again, rather than looking at an overhead variation, can we look at a variation of that movement that is below shoulder level? 
Okay, so modify what you need to in terms of your training and then continue what you can. So that's the first thing we can do. We can modify the movement pattern or the exercise. From there, we can also actually look to make modifications or adjustment to the load that we're using. So if somebody's a runner, you might not be able to sprint if you have a bit of a hamstring injury, but maybe you find that a lighter jog is okay. So you're changing the load there, okay, and the intensity. Now, if you are a lifter, you might notice that perhaps you can't train your usual RDLs with the same load um, because that hamstring is feeling somewhat aggravated. However, you might notice that you can actually reduce that load. So you might come back to 50 to 60% of your usual working load and your hamstring is able to tolerate that load. So that might be your starting point in terms of your rehab process. Okay, so modifying the load is another really important factor in allowing somebody to effectively and safely train around their injury. Now, other things that we can modify include um, changing up or reducing our reps, uh, maybe the distance that we're running or the volume and frequency of our training. So again, if I use the example of a runner, instead of running four times per week while you're injured, you may find that your body can tolerate two runs instead. So that would be your starting point. Um, If I go back to the hamstring injury, you may find that you can get away Um, with continuing to train by reducing your working sets. So instead of doing maybe eight to 10 sets on hamstrings across the week, you're starting with two to four sets for a period of time. And you might find that your hamstrings are able to tolerate that slightly lower volume and lesser frequency, okay, before you gradually rebuild things. And then One of the other um, factors that we can look to modify when it comes to training to allow us to keep moving is to reduce our range of movement. So when it comes to your injured site, assess what range of movement you do have and then work in a non-painful range. So if we come back to this knee injury, you may find that you're not able to achieve your normal squat depth. Okay, your knee gets quite grumbly as you get really low into that squat position. But what you do find is that maybe working a box squat that keeps you away from your end range makes squatting a lot more tolerable. Okay, so that's how you can adjust your range of movement. Or maybe for hamstring injuries, you might find that working to end range in an RDL is quite painful. But reducing your load and working maybe 75% of your normal range of movement is a lot more tolerable. So... When it comes to rehab, this is where it's okay to train partial range of movement. So we always want to try and maintain whatever movement we do have and then rebuild the rest through that rehab process. Now, a few other simple modifications that you can make to your training to allow you to keep moving. Um, Identify other areas of weakness, okay, when you're injured and work to bring these up to speed while you rehab your injured site. So again, you might notice that you have uh, rolled your ankle. So that ankle is obviously your injured area, but you've never really put a lot of time into training your core stability. Um, Maybe it's such that you're too busy or your training detracts from that. So while you're injured and you do have additional time on your hands, can you put that into bringing up a weaker area? So as I said, it might be your core stability. It might be your shoulder range of movement. Okay. It's a really valuable way to keep yourself moving. Okay. Another thing you can do here is to train other body parts. Now, focus again on what you can do. And it might not be exactly what you want to do. I know when you've got a niggle or an injured area, all we generally want to do is be able to train that injured area. Um, 
but I can guarantee you doing something is always going to be better than doing nothing. So sometimes when we're injured, we just don't have the luxury of being, you know, overly choosy in what we can train. Okay, so the other thing we can do here, choose a different mode of training. So you might not be able to train or run due to an injured ankle. Can you consider swimming? Consider jumping on a stationary bike um, or even boxing as alternate ways to maintain your cardiovascular fitness. And then lastly, focus on your actual rehab exercises. So this is key. And in a lot of situations, they are often overlooked. So some very simple modifications there that you can apply um, to your current training routine to allow you to keep moving whilst you are managing your injury. And then one final thought that I will leave you with is that an injury isn't forever. Okay, as much as it feels like it's going to be there for you know a lot longer than we would wish, um, it's not going to be there forever. So be smart about it, address it, make sure you're managing it as well as you can um, and get on top of it. And in time, you will absolutely get back to doing the things that you're wanting to do. So guys, I hope you found that episode helpful. Um, and I hope if you are currently managing an injury that that has given you a few um, options or alternatives as to how you can keep moving to allow you to train around that injury until it is fully rehabbed and you are up and fighting fit again. Now, as always, if you loved the episode, I would be very grateful if you can jump on to Spotify and leave me a five-star review. Thank you very much. Um, but otherwise, until next week, guys, keep moving, put your earbuds in, and I'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you.